đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to the 210th episode of Team Cat Home, my radio today. Happy Friday. I hope you guys are having a great day tomorrow. And obviously, and we're going to first off talk about the, it's not a report, more of a, of a news I'm going to be talking about. There is a student orientation going on tomorrow, which I'll be there, of course. I'll be there. Try to be early as I can. And also, school's coming up pretty soon. I know some of you guys would be like, I don't want to go to school. But I guess life, you're going to have to go to school nonetheless. Um, hopefully you got, hope you guys are getting your stuff ready, getting, you know, classes. Uh, of course, for class finish, hope you guys are getting your grades in. And hopefully you guys are, ha- are staying safe today. And we're going to get right into the report. Make sure to tune every Monday and Friday for our podcast. So I don't know if the government advisors to have some heart or have some mindset or have brains or whatever. So the Hong Kong government advisors urges restraint from lawmakers calling for legal reform over protest song. A senior government ad- advisor had urged restraint from pro-establishment lawmakers who demand legal reforms after a court, a Hong Kong court, rejected an injunction against the broadcast and performance of a protest of a pro-democracy protest song with illegal intentions. Speaking on a commercial radio program on Tuesday morning, lawyer and executive counselor Ronnie Tong said lawmakers should not attempt to persuade the public by being loud. His remarks came a day after after the city's Department of Justice said it would seek to appeal the high court's decision not to grant an interim injunction Grant prohibiting unlawful acts linked to protest anthems, protest anthem glory to Hong Kong. Protesters lawmakers, including Holden Chow and Elizabeth Quat, both from the pro Beijing DAB and president of the pro Beijing party, the FTU, Stanley Ng, hit back at the ruling on Facebook earlier this week. They were among several lawmakers who jointly called for the DOJ to launch an appeal and a report published in a state-backed newspaper, One Way Poll, how appropriate, on Monday, ahead of the government's announcements that afternoon. On Tuesday, Tong asked lawmakers to instead exercise restraint and hold off on and hold off on doing things that might exert pressure on, on the court. Under the one country, two systems, we need to respect judicial independence. The senior counsel said in Cantonese, I think in society with a rule of law, this should not happen. I hope our lawmakers can understand and have some faith in our judicial system. He basically, it basically means that you may not res- you may not let the rules, but you have to respect what the judge is giving out. I think we should persuade others through reason, not being loud or being part of a large group, Tong said. Added. On lawmakers' remarks that legal reforms were in order because the judicial system has allegedly failed to safeguard national security, Tom said the need for reforms could not be determined simply based on how one fared in court. If you win, you think you think that's okay, but if you lose, you call for reforms. 
I'm sorry, but I can't agree with this view, he said. Discussing legal reform is fine, but not under these circumstances. Tom also said the court acknowledged the that Glory to Hong Kong poised a, a legitimate threat to national security. But isn't, but isn't an injunction a suitable way to deal with this? That's what the judge is asking, he said. I'd rather focus on that. Accusations that the judge is yellow or that he didn't do his duty aren't, aren't just unfounded. They're unfair. In the ruling handed down on July 28th, the high court said an injunction is not of a real utility and could conf- conflict with the national security law. An injunction, an injunction, a court civil order, would be in conflict with a criminal law, raising concerns over the potential double jeopardy. Tong disagreed that the injunction could have chilling effects on freedom of expression. As stated in the ruling, if it involves national security, then that's not a matter of freedom, he said. Tong told Commercial Radio last week that the high court rulings accepted the cheap executive certification that four acts the government sought to ban were contrary to the interests of national security. We also said that the government would face considerable difficulty if it chose to appeal. Saying if the government insisted on appealing and loses the appeal, it would not be a good look for the government. Politically, it would not be a good look. In its application for the injunction, <laughs> filed on, Ju- on June 5th, that's a long time ago, the DOJ sought to bar the distribution of the protest and pro-democracy protest song with the intentions to incite secession, sedition, or to violate the national anthem law. The government also sought to bar anyone from assisting with those acts. The administration applied for the injunction following several mix-ups at international sporting events, when organizers relying on Google searches mistook the protest song for the national anthem, China's March the Volunteers. The lyrics of, to, of Glory to Hong Kong, a song popularized during the 2019 extradition bill protests, contained the phrase, Liberate Hong Kong Revolution All Times, a slogan that was capable um, was that rule uh, was ruled to be capable of inciting session during the city's first national security trial. There's some parts I can agree with what Ronnie ta- what Ronnie is saying, like um, there's unnecessary or whatever. But at the same time, it I don't agree with him saying he doesn't agree with the um, chill- it could have a chilling effect. My opinion, it is a chilling effect. It could damage freedom of of expression. At least a judge know. That's smart enough that he knows about that. He's smart enough to know about that. He's not. He's not. He's not dumb. He's not stupid. Parents of one overseas Hong Kong activist Anna Kwok questioned by National Security Police. Hong Kong National Security Police have taken the parents of a wanted activist for questioning, mark, marking the latest move in authorities' investigation of eight overseas pro-democracy figures issued with arrest warrants and a $1 million bounties. The parents of the U.S.-based Anna Kwok were taken to a police station on Tuesday morning, local media outlets reported. The police said in the question to Hong Kong Press that the National Security Department took away a man and a woman for investigation in the new territory on Tuesday. They are suspected of assisting persons wanted by police to continue to commit acts and engage and engage in activities that endanger national security police said. According to according to the local media reports, police took Kwok's parents to the police in Chen Quano and questioned them over whether they had contact with or had been sending money to the daughters. They were not arrested. Kwok, who's twenty six years old, is the executive director of the Hong Kong Democracy Council. 
a non for prof a non for profit organizations in the U.S. that supports the pro democracy movement in Hong Kong. Her social media page states that she is based in Washington D.C. <laughs> she was an anonymous activist behind major international campaigns, raising awareness of, pro- of Hong Kong protests in 2019, according to a biography on the Hong Kong Democracy Council website. That year, the state saw a widespread opposition to a controversial extradition bill, which ballooned into demonstrations against the Hong Kong and Beijing's crony government. Kwok was accused of colluding foreign forces. Last month, National Security Police announced arrest warrants for eight overseas Democrats, including Kwok, accusing them of calling for sanctions against local officials and scheming for foreign countries to undermine Hong Kong's status as a financial center. A reward of $1 million bounty, $1 million is being offered for each. Police also named businessman Emma Yuan, ex-lawmakers Ted Pui and Dennis Kwok, activists Nathan Law, Mom Siutat, and Finn Lau, and solicitor Kevin Yap. The Democrats are now based, are now based abroad, including in Australia, the U.S., and the U.K. Since then, police have taken, take, have taken in the relatives, including in-laws and ex-partners of the activists for questioning. Those brought in by police included included Law's parents and brother, Dennis Kwok's brother, and Mom's brother, brother-in-law, and, and nephew. Multiple family members of Yuan have also been questioned, including his ex-wife, son, and daughter-in-law, who is a pro-Beijing, who's pro-Beijing lawmaker Eunice Yum. Yum took out took out a newspaper advertisement last year to publicly sever her relationship with Yuan. Chief Executive John Lee and Pro Sashman and post-action parties had voiced support for the warrants. At a press conference last month, Lee invited anyone, including the friends and families members who those wanted, to assist them in their arrest. <laughs> so it's kind of like a cultural revolution kind of ass kind of thing. The government will exhaust all lawful means <laughs> yeah, to apprehend criminals endangering national security. We will pursue them for the rest of our lives, even if they run to the ends of the earth, said the chief executive. They sound like it sounds like something that came out of the Communist Party book, or came out of something of the Cultural Revolution. Is that what they want? They want to learn, or what they want to do? Cultural Revolution style arrest, kidnapping, or whatever. In a statement published hours after the National Security Police announced the arrest uh, arrest warrants, Kwok said the Hong Kong government was absurdly overreaching by issuing a bounty for myself and seven other activists in exile. Clearly, it intends to intimidate us and to stoke a, ma- a mob mentality amongst amongst Chinese Communist Party supporters in favor of, of further purges of pro-democracy activists, she added. Activist groups in Western countries had decried the police move. The U.S., where a number of act- one of activists, uh, one of Democrats, including Kwok and Yuan on now base, said the extraterritorial Applications of the breaching and act law was a dangerous precedent that threatens the human rights and fundamental free and fundamental freedoms of people all over the world. I don't know what these governments are trying to do. Like I said, they're trying to silence them. That's it. So the problem, the thing is, you putting these laws up, any Hong Kong travelers, especially if you're pro Beijing, if they meet them accidentally somehow, right? If they meet accidentally, they're gonna say they're gonna say, "Oh, I got you." Basically, it's going to be very, very dangerous for some activists. It's going to be so dangerous that I don't know how safe they're going to be in. So, if if you're if 
activists out there, you know, it's best up to look on, look around you and make sure before you use your iPhone, not look at your iPhone maybe too many times. But at the same time, it's a scary situation. And many, there needs to be a law in place that protects these guys in exile. Otherwise, they would have been targeted very severely. And that's not going to be good for their mentality. Hong Kong 47. Activists considered quitting po- uh, primary poll over broad scope of national security law, court hears. Hong Kong's activist Owen Chow, one of the 47 pro-democracy figures charged with conspiracy to commit subversion, has said he had considered quitting an official, an official, unofficial primary election due to the national security concerns, but decided to press on because he could not abandon the crowd. The 26-year-old Democrat teared up before a panel of three designated national security judges on Tuesday when he was called to the witness stand for the third day to testify at a landmark trial of 16 former legislators, ex-district counselors, and other activists over their involvement in a legislative primary poll held in July 2020. Speaking Cantonese, Chow appeared emotional on Tuesday when he admitted that he had considered withdrawing from the primary polls after the enactment of the national security law on June 30th, 2020. He and his team read the provision of the Beijing poll legislation decided there was a risk that candidates would be arrested for their past statements, he said. The activist then evaluated the remarks he had made before and concluded that his criticism of the institution was rather acute. He and his team also believed that the idea of seeing Hong Kong as an ethnic group could be distorted into secessions, a secessionist or pro-independent statements. Also, the scope of the national security law was very broad. The wording was very vague, and the penalty was very heavy. The situation was like a blind man touching an elephant after reading the provision. I once thought about whether I should withdraw from the primary election, Chow said. The blind man and an elephant is a Chinese idiom, that refers to people having a limited understanding of a complex situation. I like how he's using that. The activist teared up slightly after his barrister, Kevin Chan, asked whether he had decided to press on with the primary election. He wiped his eyes and nose with a tissue paper at the witness stand. I realized I could not make I could not make the decision to withdraw from the election. I could not abandon the crowd, he told the court. The activist said he tried to tone down his election warning and leaflet after deciding to remain in the primary polls, changing from changing the slogan from "Say No to Colonization, Ethnic Group Resist Tyranny" to "Resist the Tyranny, Defend Our Dignity." Chow also said also said he avoided wording that may seem as acute or phrases that may that may be distorted as breaching the security legislation. But the judge said there was not much of a difference between his old and new slogan. At least wording-wise, but still, at least it's something different more than what he would have said. He also asked his clients why he agreed to a clause on the primary election nomination form, which stated that he would uphold the basic law. The activist responded by saying he saw the basic law as the Constitution of Hong Kong, which he believed should limit the powers of those in charge. I agree with that. Judge Lee asked Chow whether he pledged allegiance to the basic law, as it should be, or the actual basic law. Chow said he believed the implementation of the basic law in Hong Kong was falling short of expectations. Chow will continue to testify on Wednesday, and we will report on that. I mean, if you look at, in my my estimation, I don't see anything, I see a lot of different, couple of difference. 
<laughs> I know you may be saying, well, Kat, the only difference is he changed, it's just that he changed um, na- names and stuff like that. I mean, I I understand that, but at the same time, you got you got also think about why it happens. Why does it happen to anyone? Why he changed it? It's because the the natural security law is so broad, it's so vague, like he said, and it's also it's not really explaining in a way. You may say you may say, well, read what they said. It's clearly stated, and I'm like, okay, it, it says it, but what does it mean? You have to give me a meat. You have to give me what it. What does that actually mean? Give us a meaning. And they said, I don't, I don't want to give me any meaning because I don't know what it says. Then why do you have it? That sounds, that sounds so unnecessary then. If you put it in and you don't know what it is, don't even bother writing it. China slips into deflation as slowing domestic spending put pressure on COVID, uh, post-COVID recovery. China slipped into a deflation for the first time in more than two years in July. Official data show Wednesday as slowing domestic spending ways on the post-COVID economic recovery. Reading the reading comes a day after news that the country suffered its biggest fall in exports since the early days of the pandemic, while imports tanked again as domestic and global demands fall away. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, the main gauge of inflation fell 0.3 in July, the National Bureau of Statistics said, having flat lines in, in June. While it was marginally better than, than the 0.4% decline forecast in the survey by Bloomberg, it marked the first drop since the beginning of, 21, of 2021 and will add to pressure on authorities to provide much-needed support to the economy. Deflation refers to falling prices of goods and and services, and it costs by a number of factors, including waning consumption. And while cheaper goods may appear beneficial for purchasing powers, falling prices pose a threat to the broader economy as consumers tend to postpone purchases in hopes of further reductions. <clears throat> a, lack of, a lack of demands then forces companies to reduce production, freeze hiring or lay off workers, and agree to discounts to sell off their stocks dampening pro- uh, profitability, even as costs remain the same. China experienced a short period of deflation at the end of 2020 and tw- in early 2021, due to largely <clears throat> due largely to a collapse in the price of pork, the widely consumed meat in the country. Unless you're Muslim, then that's a violation. But prior to that, the last def- uh, deflationary period was in 2009. <clears throat> during the time was after the Great Recession or during so. Many analysts feared a longer stretch of deflation this time around, as China's main growth engines stall and youth em- em- unemployment is at a record high of more than 20%. Ongoing turmoil in real estate, a sector a sector that has long, long accounted for a quarter of China's economy, is the main source for a deflationary shock, said economist Andrew Bastian. Of the of the gave call dragonomics, deflation is also drive, driven by flagging flagging exports, historically a key source of growth for China. He added, Tuesday's worse than expected drop in export had direct impact on tens of thousands thousands of export oriented companies in China, which are now operating at a much slower pace. The latest Chinese inflationary inflationary 
data did little to inspire confidence that an economic turnaround is forthcoming. Tim Waterer, chief market analysis and analyst at KCM Trade, said in a note. The inflation data was further evidence that China remains a cause for concerns from a global gro- growth perspective, he added. Meanwhile, the, price, the producer price index fell, fell 4.4% in July, slightly better than June's 5.4% fall, but marked the 10th consecutive months of contraction. <clears throat> the index measures the cost of goods leaving factories and gives an overview of a of the health of the help of the economy. Declining producer prices means reduced margins for companies. The grim data suggests that China may struggle to achieve a five percent growth target set for the year. The world's second largest economy only grew zero point eight percent between the first and second quarters of twenty twenty three, according to official figures. And many economists are now calling for a vast recovery plan to boost activity. But for the time being, the authorities are sticking to targeted measures and declarations of support from the private sec for the private sector, with little in the way to tangible steps. Still, Wednesday poor numbers may put pressure on the government to reconsider, economist Ji Wei Zhang of Pinpoint Assets Management suggests. <clears throat> Maybe if they should stop spending time and money and efforts on Taiwan. Maybe they should focus more on their economy. They're wasting so much money on Taiwan when they have other crap you can deal with, other stuff you can focus on. Why are they not focusing on those kind of things? But no, they focus on those kind. They focus so much, so much on the freaking on the uh, freaking invasion of Taiwan, stopping activists abroad, all those crazy stuff that they're doing. All mitigating factors should be considered for a national security sentence. Top Hong Kong courts hears. All mitigating factors should be considered when manning out jail sentences and national security cases. The defense team of a Hong Kong convict- man convicted of inciting secession has told the city's top court. Lei Sayu, who was sentenced to five years in prison last April, appeared before a five-judge panel at the sit- at this court of final appeals on Wednesday, Loy, who was a Hong Kong Polytechnic University student at the time of the offense, pleaded guilty to inciting secession, but was denied the, the one third jail term reduction that is customarily handed handed when a defendant admits guilt. While delivering Loy's sentence at a, a local court, District Court Judge Amanda Woodcock said his offense was of a serious nature, therefore warranting a sentence of between 5 to 10 years per, uh, per national security law. She initially took a starting point of 5 years and 6 months, and considering his, his plea, took one-third off the jail term to arrive at 3 years and, three, and 8 months. The prosecution then argued that, as the offense was serious, the sentence should not fall below 5 years. Woodcock walked back the original sentence, Reduction to deliver a jail term of five years. Representing Lui on Tuesday, senior counsel Robert Pong referred to Article 33 of the Beijing Imposed National Security Law, which spells out three conditions under which one, which one could have their penalty reduced. They include voluntary discontinuing the commission of the offense and forestalling its consequences, voluntary surrendering and giving a truthful account of the offense, and reporting an offense committed by someone else. 
Pang argued that the conditions are not exhaustive, and that the mitigating effects of a timely guilt and guilty plea should be should be um, should be considered. We're we're saying it's not exhaustive because it cannot it can't have been the intention of the Beijing legislature to remove the mitigation factors which are generally apply, he said. The article identifies particular factors of mitigation which will be taken into account. Pang said, Pang said, but it doesn't remove long-established mitigating factors. Wednesday appealed hearing marked the first time the city's high court, the highest court has seen a challenge to a national security sentence. Pang also discussed Article 21 and on the secure on the security legislation, which states that a person should be jailed for no more not more than five years if the offense is a minor nature and less and not less than five years, but not, not but no more than ten years for for offenses for a serious nature. It was the provision that prompted the lower court judge to revise Lloyd's jail sentence upwards. He said five years was a starting point, not a minimum jail sentence length for someone whose offense is deemed serious. Punk described a hypothetical scenario in which two defendants are convicted of a crime and sentenced to five years in jail. The, defend- the first defendant pleads guilty, he is remorseful, had been involved in charity volunteer work, he said. The second defendants show no remorse at all, says they will do the same thing, same again if given the chance. According to the construction, which is espoused by the by the respondents, they will be sentenced to exactly the same um, same sentence. Tang said, this, that, "That cannot be right." The council raised another hypothetical scenario where two defendants pled, guilt, pled guilty to an incitement, one whose offense is considered mild, as they incite a smaller audience, is sentenced to four years and eleven months, as then given a one-third sentence reduction due to the guilty plea. The offense of the other, however, is considered serious as they incite a larger audience, and the defense is sentenced to five years and one month in jail, but they are not but they are not allowed not a one-third sentence reduction because that would result in a final sentence falling below falling below five years. In this case, the former defendants would be given a substantially lower sentence for the basically the same thing. So is that so is that right? How could that not be a a capitalist sentence? Punks ask. When asked by Judge Patrick Chan, if he was basically complaining against the tier system, Punks said he was not. He said the tier exists so the public could know what the sentence could be for a particular type of offense. In response, the prosecution said the court must consider that that the aim of the Beijing imposed law was to counteract that endanger national security, so it should factor in deterrent, punishment, and other elements relating to penological, penological concern. Deputy Director of Public Prosecution Special Duties Anthony Chow argued that offenses deemed serious must be punishable by jail terms of at least five years. He pointed to the security law, Article 25, which states that a person who which who organizes or takes charges of a terrorist group, just as this is life imprisonment. The same article is stated that other participants shall be sentenced to a fixed term imprisonment of no of not more than three years, 
short-term detention or restriction, and shall be liable to a criminal fine. Chow said this showed the national security law tr uh, tried to draw a distinction between shall be liable and shall be sentenced. The, f the former is discretion <clears throat> discretionary, while the latter is mandatory, he said. The text in Article 21 sh reads, shall be sentenced. In response to the prosecution arguments, Punk said he did not see how considering well-established mitigating uh, factors would, defa would detract from effectively imposing sentence, imposing punishment. The court did not announce the date of the hearing verdict. So of course we don't know if there's any, if there's any more stuff they're going to be talking about. But again, this this thing is very broad. It's not going to be labeled. I'm not a lawyer or a barrister or, or a solicitor or anybody. So they, they know a little bit more than I am, but still it's very, very crazy that this is happening anyway. And I'm happy Happy that he's doing that. Biden at least doing something. I don't know. I'm I seeing people like Janet yelling. I don't know. Kowtowing too much to the Communist Party. Seeing too many, too many of them kowtowing to him now. At least this one's correct somehow. But we will read about it. U.S. President Joe Biden moves to restrict U.S. investments in China's tech. I mean, who who wants to invest in them anyway? President Joe Biden on Wednesday moved to restrict U.S. investments in Chinese technology during a multi-state tour in the Southwest to tout his push to provide America's manufacturing after decades of decline. The executive order directs the Treasury Department to restrict certain U.S. investments in China in a, in a, in a sensitive high-tech sectors, including semiconductors, quantum computing, and artificial intelligence, or AIs. The restrictions, which are expected to take effect next year, comes as Biden's administration looks to bolster its position position vis 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 China on a multitude of front of fronts military, economic, and technological. They also come as the eighty year old Democrats wrap up his pitch for re election in twenty twenty four. Turns attention to jobs and the economy, key bread and butter issues in the campaign for the White House. As the executive order was made public, Biden was speaking in New Mexico about his government's success in boosting manufacturing jobs in the renewable energy sector and appealed to voters to embrace his brand, brand of quote-unquote Bidenomics. <laughs> like, that's gonna, like that's gonna make me be enthusiastic. Oh my gosh. No. Doesn't impress me whatsoever. Our plan is working, he said in the city of Bellin, to mark the groundbreaking of a factory manufacturing and wind turbine towers for the um, the Arcosa group and the creations of 250 new jobs. Where is, where is written that America can't lead the world again in manufacturing? Because, we, because we're going to do just that, he added. Biden, who's running us for a second term, phrased the project, which converts a facility that had been making disposable tableware and other plastic products until the operation went bankrupt. When I think when I think when I think climate, I think jobs, Biden told the audience of Bell one day after the stopover at the Grand Canyon that focused on the environment. Instead of exporting American jobs, we're creating American jobs and we're exporting American products. For many the Democrats economic policies the bionomics that the president's communication team is trying to bring into the mainstream in a positive light remains murky. Biden is struggling to bring Americans up to speed on two major bills, 
he shepherded uh, shepherd through Congress and signed into law one year ago. The Chips and Science Act, which, which pumps huge funding into semiconductor manufacturing, research and development, and the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, a landmark law for mega projects boosting green investments. Why? Why? That's so much waste of money. I'm not saying I'm against green energy, but we need. But why are we doing this anyway? The law follows the same formula: pour in subsidies and offer tax incentives to encourage domestic prod- production and developments of both electric cars and future semiconductors. I don't know. How about how about spend more time on car on normal cars like us? How maybe maybe decrease the price of cars so people can buy them? The administration policy of unashamed industrial sovereignty is making some of Washington's traditional allies bristle. But Biden, focused on domestic priorities, have wavered them off. He needs to win back um, portions of the working class vote captured by his Republican predecessor, Donald Trump, who appealed to large segments of blue-collar workers who were laid off or otherwise felt left behind by the globalization. Because Trump is more... I'm not, I'm not trying to be pro-Trump here. He's trying to make sure that American has jobs. He's trying to make sure that American sells the stuff and they can they can make stuff in America and then they can export them. So it means they can have jobs by then. So that they can work in America and they don't have to work anywhere else or be unemployed. The White House claims that since Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act, so, na- so named because a post-pandemic America was buckling their face up soaring prices, Companies have made some $110 billion in clean energy investments in the United States. And chips have led to companies pouring more than than $166 billion into manufacturing of semiconductors and other electronics to the Biden administration added. Chinese internet giants Alibaba, Baidu, ByteDance, and Tencent have ordered $5 billion worth of NVIDIA chips vital to empowering generative artificial intelligence systems as fears mount the United States will begin restricting exports according to a Financial Times report. They, the, quote, the report quote an unnamed Baidu employee as saying, without these NVIDIA, NVIDIA chips, we can't pursue the training for, a lar- for any large language model. In total, more than a half a trillion dollars of investments have flowed into manufacturing and clean and clean energy since the start of the Biden administration in January 2021, Biden said Wednesday. Such as astronomical nominal figures, however, does not automatically boost his election advantage. The Democrats, handicapped, handicapped by his age in front of the eyes of the voters, knows his re-election destiny would be played as much as in the courts as, as in American factories. While keen to talk up his economic policies, the United the U.S. president has remained stubbornly silent on the legal perils of Trump, the clear frontrunner of the Republican Party's 2014 nomination race. Polls, which admittedly carry little sway 15 months before the elections, show far uh, so far show the two rival neck and neck, despite mounting indictments against the Republican billionaire. At this time, it's just about politics, okay? It's about politics. So, 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 there's, nothing, there's nothing about it that actually will be improving or anything will be making it more better. Like that's going to do anything, like that's going to create a difference or something. Persecution's reading of UN Treaty, two narrow court hairs in the elderly Glory to Hong Kong busker case. 
A Hong Kong magistrate has called into question whether the persecution reading of a United Nations treaty granting Hong Kongs the right to engage in cultural activities was too restrictive. Magistrate Amy Chan made those remarks as the persecution which accused an elderly man of playing a popular protest song in public without a permit delivered its closing arguments. Li Jiaxing appeared before Chan at the Satin's Magistrate's Courts on Wednesday, representing himself in May. In May, in May, the 69-year-old retiree pleaded not guilty to four counts of playing a musical instrument without a permit and three counts of collecting money in a public place without permission. He again denied those charges on Wednesday, saying in Mandarin that he had never endangered Hong Kong's stability or public order, and that he would appeal to the city's high, highest court if he was found guilty. Lee's remarks on Wednesday followed the prosecution's closing, arguing that police operational decisions were, were, were um, proportionate to the alleged offense, prosecutor Lam Hee-mong said in Cantonese. It was not the case that the defendants had not been given a fair prior warning, as the defense had, ta- had time and t- time again committed the alleged offense. Lee was suspected to have played the Erhu with an amplifier without permission from the from the police chief outside of Mongkok East and Taiwan's MTR stations, and on a footbridge outside the Central International Financial Center on four occasions between August 3rd, August 3rd 2021 and September 29, 2022. Lee was additionally accused of collecting money without in public without a permit on three occasions outside Taiwan's MTR station, and in Central between June 24th and September 29th last year. However, Chen questioned whether the defendants was giving a fair warning when the first alleged offense occurred at exit C of the Mongkok MTR stations. The prosecutors agreed Lee had not been warned before before police officers charged him on that on that occasion, and went on to argue that the police did not resort to drastic measures such as arrest and, as such, had fulfilled operational proportionality. Testifying in court last month, Lee said he believed he was entitled to perform on the streets of Hong Kong under the United Nations International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, which forms the basis of Hong Kong of Hong Kong's rights to to engage in academic research, literary, and um, literary, literary and artistic creations and other cultural activities enshrined in the Article 34 of the Basic Law. The Covenant and Article 34 were both mentioned in the 2015 High Court ruling that saw the defendants acquitted of a charge of, of performing without a permit. The defendants successfully argued that the summary offenses ordered a stipulation that he could only conduct performances after receiving a police permit, which was contravention of the basic law. Citing Article 15 of the Covenant, which recognizes the rights of, of everyone to benefit from the protections of the moral and material interests resulting from a, any scientific, literary, or artistic productions of which he is the author. The prosecution argued on Wednesday that the tree not only protected the copyright holder of the song, but Chen says such an interpretation of Covenant was too narrow, especially since broader parameters should be, be important in, in criminal cases. The prosecution agreed, but also argued that regardless of the, the interpretation, performing and collecting money without a permit was still illegal. Lai went, went on to argue that the covenant protection of benefits 
to not apply to fundraising efforts. An interpretation that Chen said was similarly narrow. The persecutors also said that while the money the defendants collected while playing was not confiscated by the police, he did not have a free pass, free pass to perform or receive money without a permit. Chen asked for a further submission, saying it was on the persecution to prove that the defendants knew that he needed a permit to conduct street performances and collect money and adjourned the hearing to August 28th. Last year, Lee was, char- was again charged after allegedly playing his erhu in public without a police permit and at the Tumtum police of Tumtum bus terminus. He was initially cleared of the charge by Deputy Magistrate Felix Tam in August, which ruled that the prosecution had not produced significant evidence. And we will read more after the break. Welcome back. Lee was playing the melody of Glory to Hong Kong, a protest song popularized during the 2019 Exhibition Bill protest that contained phrase that contained the phrase Liberate Hong Kong Revolution of Times, a slogan that was ruled capable of inciting secession during the state's first national security trial. In a statement published on Monday more on Monday afternoon, the Department of Justice said that the city's justice minister had decided to launch an appeal against the high court decision not to grant an interim injunction, prohibiting unlawful acts relating to glory to Hong Kong. The DOJ added that that it had filed an application for leave to to appeal. Responding to Lee's closing statements, Chen recalled a female witness who testified in court earlier saying she was worried that she could she would be assaulted for videotaping Lee. The friend said she was she only represented herself. Can she represent all Hong Kongers? Can I not be afraid that a person would that people would attack me? That she would that she would attack me? In response, Chen said it was reasonable for the witness to have those fears, citing news report of vigilant attacks during the protest. I have not only brought any risk to Hong Kong's stability or safety, all I'm holding is an erhu and a song, he said. Hong Kong will become a ghost town with no music if I'm guilt if I'm found guilty. But let's not drag modern Hong Kong society back to a literary in- inquisitions of the Middle Ages, using one or two songs or a melody to find someone guilty. That would make that would make an international laughing stock of Hong Kong. He added, "I agree, because our already Hong Kong looks like they're humiliating themselves. The Hong Kong government's humiliating themselves. They look like total morons." Okay, and I'm not, and I'm not afraid of saying that. And that's my opinion, and my opinion only. Hong Kong police gets over three hundred eighty thousand national security tip-off messages in two years. Hong Kong national security police receive over three hundred eighty thousand tip-off messages on the reporting hotline and on WeChat in the two years between November twenty twenty and December twenty twenty two, and what they called an encouraging response according to the fourth annual review for last year. As uh, as of end of 2022, 236 people have been arrested for security offenses since the enactment of the Beijing Post National Security Law in June 2020, said the review released on Wednesday. Police launched a National Security Department ho- uh, reporting hotline in November 2020. In August 2022, the Police National Security Department Open an official account on WeChat, a Chinese messaging app similar to WhatsApp. The encouraging response highlights the community support and commitments 
to appoint national security, the review read. The police figures did not cover the current year, the Security Bureau told Hong Kong Free Press last month that's, that as of July 21st, two, um, two, 265 people have been arrested for national security offenses. And of the total, 161 people and five companies have been charged. Hong Kong also saw a increase in the number of a number of crimes reported last year, from 68,428 cases in 2021 to 70,048 70, cases in 2022. The deception cases saw the biggest increase of 45.1% to, 20, to 27,923, 27, the highest numbers in the last decade. However, Commissioner of Police Raymond Seal said in a review that traditional crimes such as robbing and burglary reached an all-time low since 1969, and that 2022 saw the highest detection rate in 46 years. Maybe you should focus on that, not national security crimes. You've been doing that for so long. Why can't you just focus on something more important, not this? Hong Kong National Security Police arrest 10 linked to 2019 protesters relief fund. Another person being arrested again. 10 people linked to the defunct fund, a defunct fund set up to help, help Hong Kongers protest. Hong Kong protesters during the 2019 extradition bill protest have been arrested by National Security Police. Four men and six women were arrested on suspicion of conspiring to collude with a foreign country over or with external elements to endanger national security. And inciting a riot, police confirmed in a statement on Thursday. According to the forces investigation, the ten the ten ages be, ages between ages twenty-six to twenty to forty-three were suspected of conspiring with the six twelve humanitarian relief fund to accept donations from foreign foreign organizations and provide financial assistance to organizations that support overseas fugitives or advocate for imposing advocate or advocate for imposing sanctions on Hong Kong. The police act in accordance with the court order ser- search the arrestees' places of re- of residence and work and in relevant documents and electronic communication devices, the statements in Chinese read. Police the police added that the ten have been detained pending investigations and that further arrests were not ruled out. A person with knowledge of, ma- of the matter confirmed that Bobo Yip was among those arrested early on Thursday morning. The source told Hong Kong Free Press the pro-democracy activist was arrested at 6 a.m. in Taiwan. Yip was taken to a Catholic bookstore in Yamate on Thursday afternoon. As police seized evidence, Yip was a former secretary of the Justice and Peace Commission of the Hong Kong Catholic Diocese. Staff at the bookstore told journalists that police took two computers. Hong Kong Free Press have reached out to those associated with the defunct 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund for comment. This is not the first time that those connected with the fund, with the relief fund, have been apprehended. Five former trustees of the fund, Cardinals Joseph Sen, Barrister Margaret Ng, Ex-lawmaker Sid Ho, scholar Hui Pokong, and singer-activist Denise Ho were arrested and, and found guilty in November 
that November that year over failing to register the fund as a society and fine up to four to four thousand dollars each. The fund secretary, Tia Jingwei, was also found guilty of the same charge. The five trustees were originally arrested last May by National Security Police on suspicion of colluding of conspiring to collude foreign powers and offense under the Beijing imposed national security law. The five were released on bail and no charges have so far been laid. Che was arrested last November over the same charge. He was also granted bail. Ho told Hong Kong Free Press that her four fellow former trustees were not among those arrested on Thursday morning. I don't know why the point of trying to arrest them for what. It's just more more of a scare tactics that these governments are trying to do. Anything, anything, how about communicating with the, I should say, talking people, talking with the activists or whatever. I don't know how they're, they're so, you know, they're so afraid of something. I don't know what they're afraid of, but they should be a little bit smart when dealing with these kind of things. Because they're so, because they're so afraid of something. I don't know what they're afraid of, but they're afraid of something. Hong Kong leaders should outweigh courts and national security matters. Government says after protest song ban rejected. Hong Kong chief executive, Hong Kong chief executive not to seize court should have a grace weighed in secure national security matters. The government has said it as it seeks to challenge the high court's refusal to ban the pro democracy song "Glory to Hong Kong." In a court document draft uploaded on Wednesday, the Department of Justice criticized the High Court for denying its injunction last month that would effectively ban the glory of Hong Kong. The song, which composed during the 2019 protests, had been described by the government as pro-independence. The document set out the DOJ's reasons for asking the court appeal for permission to appeal against the High Court's decision. <clears throat> as this leader accountable to the central government for national security affairs, the chairperson of the state's National Security Committee and head of the and head of Hong Kong, the chief executive, shut up the greatest weights and interference in the national in national security matters. The DOJ wrote in the document. Instead, High Court Judge Anthony Chen had erred in failing to give any any or sufficient deference to executive assessment on the necessity, effectiveness, and utility of the injunction it was seeking. The court. The DOJ added, lacked sensitive intelligence, institutional capacity, and expertise to make a judgment. Isn't that what the court's supposed to be doing? They're supposed to be carrying out judgment. Therefore, if the executive authorities assess that a proposed measure is effective, the court should accord due weight to such assessments and grant an injunction. High Court Judge Anthony Chen said in his rulings last month that he was not satisfied that it was just and convenient to grant the government's, government's request, and that it would, could have a chilling effect on freedom of speech. <clears throat> In response, the DOJ said the injunction was it was applying for only served uh, served to amplify amplify the same deterrent under the criminal law to more effectively safeguard national security. It would plainly wrong to believe that <clears throat> perfectly innocent people would distance themselves. For what may be maybe lawful acts involving a glory to Hong Kong if the injunction was granted. Hong Kong first announced in June that it would seek to ban glory to Hong Kong, including from the internet. It followed a string of mix-ups at the international sporting events that saw the song played instead of China's national anthem, which is March of the Volunteers. 
The government said the song was likely to be mistaken as a national anthem, and its existence could, existence could suggest that the state has, its own, has an anthem of its own or could encourage others to commit seditious acts. In documents published on Wednesday, the DOJ said the High Court has erred in failing to take into account the overriding principle that national security is of the highest importance, and that the national security law imposes a express duty on the judiciary to, fo- to fully enforce laws to safeguard national security. The DOJ added that the court was required to consider if the injunction would exist in achieving the public interest purpose which underpinned the national security law and the related legislations. By not granting the injunction, Chen has failed to give any or sufficient deference to the executive's assessments on the necessity, effectiveness, and utility of the injunction. In, la- in ruling last month, Chen cast doubts on whether the injunction would have real utility, and said the education might be a more effective tool. The government said in a court document that Chen has not taken relevant consideration to account, causing him to come to a conclusion that no reasonable judge properly direct, directing himself could have arrived at. The DOJ said the considerations include the, the facts that Old Hong Kong was being used by people with intentions in such secessions and sedition, and that it designated to arouse anti-establishment sentiment. In response to Chen's views that education would be more appropriate, the DOJ said this was without evidential basis and divorced from reality. Public education cannot be compared to a court order which has the force of the law and is more effective in commanding the public attention and compliance, the DOJ wrote. There you go, the government's overriding the court. That's like having the United States overriding its own court. So it's so it's so ridiculous, you know. It's so it's so weak it's so strange that they're doing this. What's the point? What are they scared of anyway? Like I said, they're not they're afraid of something and they don't even tell us. Why do they hate the song so much? Just because it says Liberate Hong Kong Rubbish Our Times doesn't mean anything. It may create some emotions, it won't actually make somebody oh I wanna do it now. That doesn't make any sense. Beijing accuses US of disrupting global supply chains with new policy to restrict investments in China tech. Beijing on Thursday vowed to safeguard its interests against a new U.S. policy to restrict investments in Chinese technology, accusing Washington of disrupting global supply chains. U.S. President Joe Biden hours earlier announced an executive order directing the Treasury Department to restrict certain U.S. investments in China in sensitive high-tech factors, including semiconductors, quantum computing, and artificial intelligence, or AI. China's foreign ministry blasted the move as attempt to engage in anti-globalization and desynthesizing, warning that China would resolutely safeguard its own rights and interests. Beijing is strongly dissatisfied and firmly opposed to the United States instances on introducing restrictions on investments in China, and launched solemn representatives representations with the United States and unnamed foreign ministry spokesmen said in a statement published online. Biden's executive order seriously deviates from the market's economy and fair competition <clears throat> principles the U.S. have always been promoted, have always promoted and affect companies' normal operations decisions 
damages the international trade or trade order and severely disrupts the security of global industrial and supply chains, the Chinese Communist Ministry said in a separate statement. China expresses serious concerns about this and resolves the rights to take measures, the Commerce Ministry said, without mentioning specific countermeasures. The restrictions, which are expected to take effect next year, comes as Biden's administration looked to bolster its position as a vis China on multitudes of fronts, military, economic, and technological. Chinese internet giants like Alibaba, Baidu, ByteDance, and Tencent have ordered $5 billion worth of chips from California-based NVIDIA, NVIDIA Vido to empower, to empower generative artificial intelligence systems as fierce mounts the U.S. will be begin, will begin to restricting exports, according to, financial, to a Financial Times report. The report quoted an unnamed Baidu employee as saying, Without these NVIDIA chips, we cannot pursue the training of any large language model. China hopes the U.S. will avoid artificially obstructing global economic and trade exchanges and corporations, and avoid setting up obstacles for the recovery of the world economy, the, the Chinese Commerce Ministry spokesperson. <clears throat> I don't know why we don't care. I don't want them anyway. It's time to, to bring everything back here in America, and it's time to promote what America should be. It's America first, and at least American needs to set up their own stuff without the need of the Chinese government. Hong Kong 47. Activist tells court he would have voted bu- down budgets if it did not address protesters' demand- five demands. Hong Kong's activist Owen Chow, one of the 47 pro-democracy figures charged with conspiracy to commit subversion, had said at a high-profile national security trial that he would vote an- against the c- government's annual budget if it did not include co- content addressing the five demands put forward by protesters during the 2019 pro bill protest. The 26-year-old Democrats testified for the fifth day at the trial of 16 well-known politicians and activists under the Beijing Post national security law on Thursday, when he faced questions from, rep- from his representative, Kevin Chan, other defense counsels, and the prosecution. Chow on Thursday was grilled over a press conference held on July 15, 2020, a group of candidates from a self-declared resistance camp. A few days after more than 610,000 Hong Kongers cast their ballots in an unofficial poll, the activist told a panel of 3,000 judges that he was uncertain who organized the press conference. But it was either former student leader Joshua Wong, ex-district counselor Lester Shum, or Sunny Chung, a former spokesperson for the Hong Kong Higher Institutions International Affairs Delegations, who confirmed he fled Hong Kong in September 2020. During his testimony, multiple questions were raised in relation to Chow's reaction to the remarks given by Shum, who said if Hong Kong had implemented the five demands and if there was universal suffrage, he would there room for negotiations with the authorities. But if today the tyrant is still in power and the devil police and the devil police still overruns the city, I believe we would veto the financial budgets regardless of the content, Shum said, according to a Chinese transcript of the press conference shown in court. The protesters demand for a withdrawal of the controversial bill that sparked the demonstration, called for independent investigations into police alleged use of excessive force the use excessive use force by the by the police. 
They also asked the authorities to retract the characterization of the protest of the protest as riots, grant amnesty to those arrested during the demonstrations, and implement universal suffrage for the chief executive and legislative council election. Barrister Chen asked his client on Thursday. What if he thought some was suggesting the Democrats would exercise their veto powers conferred to lawmakers by the basic law indiscriminately? The activist said no. High Court Judge Alex Lee asked if Chow agreed that some, that some, some at that meeting, uh, the five demands was a determined factor in deciding whether or not to veto the budget. The Democrats said he believed a response to the demand was not enough. It would not have meet all five five demands, Chow said. Another judge, Andrew Chen, pointed out that the slo- full slogan related to the five demands was five demand, not one less, which Chow responded by saying he believed the slogan did not meant to ascent to heavens in one step, a Chinese idiom meaning to make remarkable progress over a short period of time. Instead, after the government responded to one or two demands, we would keep pressing for the rest, Chow said. During the cross-examination by lead prosecutor Joseph Montaco, by Jonathan Montaco, Chow was asked if he would veto the budget regardless of its contents if the time was still in power. The judge Johnny Chan rephrased the persecutor's question and asked whether Chow would veto, veto the budget had the, the government and police force remained the same as, as that at the time of the resistance camp press conference. If there was no content related to the five demands, then I would cast a vote against the budget, Chow said. The prosecution will continue to cross-examination of Child on Friday. I don't know how would that be a point of what the government's doing, and the, what the government's doing is just a failure in its own. Failed to do anything, really. I miss the sun. Australian journalist detained China marks three years since arrest with rare public letter. Jail's Australian journalist Chang Lei yearns for her children's and the country's um, psychedelic sunsets, she said in a rare public letter, marking three years since her mysterious arrest in China. Chang describes her bleak prison conditions in a candid note dictated by to Australian officials during her cell, casting new lights on a long-running points of frictions between Canberra and Beijing. I miss the sun reads the message, described as a love letter to Australia. In my cell, the sunlight shines through the window, but I can stand in it only for for only 10 hours a year. The former anchor for Chinese broadcast, state broadcast of CGTN was arrested in 2020 and had been formally charged with supplying state secrets overseas, though no further details have been supplied. Her message was shared with Australian news outlet and on a social media platform, X. By by Chang's partner Nicole on Thursday evening, Chang was detained at the time of raising tensions between China and Australia. With some questioning whether political maneuvering played a part in her arrest, her case is often compared to that of Chinese-born Australian writer Yang Chun, who has been detained in China since 2019 on a vaguely defined espionage charges. Although the relationship between Canberra and China and Beijing. Has warmed in recent has warmed in recent months with the China dismantling series of hefty tra- uh, trade tariffs. Chinese imprisonment remains a point of stress in the relationship. Australian Foreign Minister Penny Wong said the entire country wanted to see Chang reunited with her children. 
Australia has consistently advocated for Ms. Chang and asked the, that basic standards of, of justice, procedural fairness, and, and, humane, and humane treatment to be met in accordance with international norms, she said in a statement on Friday. We will continue to support Ms. Chang and her family and to advocate for Ms. Chang's interests and well-being. Last year, Coyle said he has a serious concerns about the range of health issues Chang faced behind bars. In a poignant message, the mother of two said she had not seen a tree in three years and spoke of her lo- longing for Australia bushwalks, beaches, and psychedelic sunshine- sunsets. She said, her- she said her bedding in jail was only taken out of air taken out to air once a year. It is the Chinese in me that has probably gone beyond the legal limits of sentimentality, writes Chang, who describes herself as Chinese-Australian. Most of all, I miss my children, she ends the letter. Chang has been detained since August 2020, but was only formally arrested in February 2021. She was tried last March behind closed doors, with even Australian ambassador to China blocked from entering the court to observe to observe proceedings. The court deferred the verdict and and changed sentence, which uh, which would extend to life in prison. She has missed her daughter going to high school. Her parents aren't gonna aren't getting any younger, and Lei is the only child. So time is getting more serious and more precious. The Sydney Morning Herald quoted Coyle as say, saying. On Thursday, Wang raised Chang's uh, case when he, she met China's top diplomat Wang Yi on the sidelines last uh, sidelines of the ASEAN summit in Jakarta last month. Chang, uh, China's ministry, foreign ministry, said on Friday that the case was being handled in a strict accordance with the law, and that Chang's legal rights were being fully protected. I mean, we see how many times people. Get fair trial in China. It hoped that the Australian side will respect China's judicial sovereignty and refrain from any type of interference in the lawful handling of the case by Ch- by Chinese judicial organs. And a spokesperson told AFP in a written statement. You not realize that this is a fear that many people has. It's very 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 fearful that everybody has this kind of problem. You know, that's what something that many Chinese people feared about. Of getting arrested and then and then sentenced to some bogus or trumped up charges that they were going to give to you. And that's not really a, a face of an international community that they're doing. That's not the way that we should be dealing with here. Hong Kong domestic workers groups call for a minimum wage hike ahead of annual review. Domestic workers union... The Hong Kong have urged authorities to raise their minimum weight, uh, monthly wage to more than $6,000, signing their contributions to society and raising inflations. The, migrant, the Asian Migrant Coordinating Body and the Hong Kong Federation of Asian Domestic Work, uh, Workers Unions urged the, urge the government to increase the minimum wage to $6,106 and $6,228, respectively. Their calls came ahead of an annual review. The current minimum wage for domestic workers is $4,703 per month. month. It was increased by by $100 last year after being frozen since 2019, with the government pointing to the impact of of COVID-19 
on Hong Kong's economic outlook. Migrant domestic workers contribute greatly to Hong Kong society. Around half of their wages go to local expenses such as food, transportation, etc. The coordinating the the migrant coordinating by wrote in a statement released on Wednesday. The group added that amidst inflation and high living costs, the current minimum wage was not enough to live decently in Hong Kong. The Fed, the Federation, right, the Feder, the the domestic workers union said on Wednesday that migrant domestic workers were experiencing real wage loss. During the pandemic, during the pandemic, our condition worsened, said Maria Anna of the of the Federation of the of the Domestic Workers Union. Many of us had had longer working hours, less holidays, and unfair and unfairly borne the cost of our quarantine. Some of us lost our jobs for catching COVID, but our earnings are getting less and less. Under contacts for hiring domestic workers. Employers must provide workers with food or pay them a, minim- a minimum monthly food allowance of $1,196. Of $1, the coordinating body, the migrant coordinating body, called on the government to raise the allowance to three to three thousand and sixty-five dollars, while the while the domestic workers union pressed for an allowance of two thousand five hundred and fifty-two dollars. The current food allowance meant that workers, that workers only had around forty dollars, uh, forty dollars for food a day, or thirteen dollars per meal. The federal, the domestic workers union said, Hong Kong typically announces the results of its reviews of uh, domestic workers' minimum monthly wage in September. The group, the two groups said they had met with the labor department to discuss the matter. Home to three hundred to two to three hundred and forty thousand migrant domestic workers, mostly from the Philippines and Indonesia. Hong Kong families have long have long employed domestic workers, allow them to f- to be freed of household duties and enter the workforce. Research in twenty nineteen found that domestic workers contributed ninety eight point nine billion dollars to the state's economy in the previous year. <laughs> Which for me, that's quite a bit. That's quite a lot, actually. The union called for a higher wage. Uh, um, came amidst the Indonesian government import plans to enforce rules that could see see employers paying more to hire domestic workers from the South Asian um, country as it sought to lift the burden off the workers themselves, who are often made to pay high fees to secure jobs and sit in Hong Kong. An Indonesian government department. That oversees matters relating to migrant workers overseas is expected to visit Hong Kong later this month and meet with the city's labor uh, labor secretary for talks. Ming Pao report. I don't know how it's gonna make progress, but thank God to them that they're actually doing something. Doing something and it makes me happy, and I feel like it's good enough for me. But give them some credibility, all right? Give them something, and I really want them to get some credibility. And one final report for today. This is basically on the policy that the U.S. put in, which is coming up next year or so. Hong Kong strongly rejects and disapproves of new U.S. policies to limit investments in China's tech. 
Hong Kong government has strong has said it strongly rejects and disapproves of a new U.S. policy to limit investments in Chinese technology. The comment came after U.S. President Joe Biden announced on Wednesday that he had signed an executive order restricting some U.S. investments in China and in sensitive high tech high tech areas such as artificial intelligence, semiconductors, and quantum computing. The new limits expected to take effect next year. Will also cover Hong Kong and also Macau. The U.S. unreasonable and restrictive measures on investment seriously violates the principle of market economy and fair competition, undermines international economic and trade order, and jeopardizes the economic and business interests of U.S. business and the U.S. A Hong Kong government spokesperson said in a statement released on Thursday night. Hong Kong and the, and the U.S. also share a close economic interactions, and U.S. business had vast business interests in the, in the city, the government said, and that Washington should scrap the coming limits. It also created further uncertainties for global, for global recovery and growth. The U.S. should withdraw the unreasonable measures concerned, the statement continued, following the U.S. announcements. Beijing said on Thursday that it would strongly it was strongly dissatisfied and firmly opposed the new restrictions. The U.S. is using the name of national security to limit U.S. enterprise investments in China. Its real aim is to dep- is to deprive China of our rights to develop and to maintain its hegemony, its hegemony, and interests. This is a blatant economic coercion and technological bullying. The Chinese Foreign Ministry statements read. It says restrict some. It doesn't mean it restricts all. Why can't they understand we're restricting half of it? We're not we're not trying to you know, trying to cut off completely. Not that I'm not trying to say that oh cut off co- completely. I'm just saying we're trying to we are being smart. We need to rely on ourselves here. We can't rely anymore on the Chinese government. And one real final report take because since we have enough time, risk of heat stress. Very significantly at construction sites across Hong Kong, Greenpeace survey finds. The level of heat stress at construction sites in different districts across Hong Kong varied significantly, making the current heat stroke warning system inefficient at representing the risk factors, um, risk faced by workers, a survey by Greenpeace has found. According to Thursday's pre- to a Thursday press release, over the past month, Greenpeace sent 14 researchers to measure heat stress data outside seven construction sites located in Hong Kong's island, Kowloon, located in Hong Kong Island, Kowloon, the New Territories, and Island District. The researchers measured the wet bulb global temperatures data, which indicates the heat stress in direct sunlight, taking um, taking temperatures, humidity, wind speed, sun angle, and clouds cover into account. They collected data on three very hot days, and every day they started measuring for two and a half, two and a half hours from noon. The survey found that the largest difference between the, the size wet bulb globe temperature uh, values was, was eight, representing a significant difference between the heat stress level at each site. Chao Ren, an expert in urban climate and associate professor at the faculty of of architecture at the University of Hong Kong said in a press release in Chinese in Cantonese, due to 
influence that factors, including the built environment, uh, top um, topography, and water bodies. Those they will be microclimatic, um, uh, climatic uh, variations even within the same city. The top tier warning systems designed to help Hong Kong workers from heat stroke went into effect on May 15, but was not mandatory. The system consists of amber, red, and black warnings, and it came to three stress, three heat stress, based on Hong Kong's heat index, which is measured at Kings Park, um, Meteorological Station. However, Chow said they're relying on the data of Kings Park Meteorological Station along to um, he issued heat stroke prevention warnings cannot adequately re represent the heat conditions in different parts of the territory. Greenpeace also said that the Hong Kong heat index was not specific to those working outdoors. Laborers working outdoors are directly exposed to sunlight. Uh, to sunlight, the Hong Kong heat index is not designed; it's not designated for their actual working environment, and it's not an appropriate measure for the heat stress. The Labor Department should directly adopt the wet ball, the wet globe, the wet globe temperature gauge. The wet bulb globe temperature, which is which is commonly used internationally to measure heat stress for construction workers. Yu Dak Sun, a chair chairperson of the Hong Kong Workers Health Center, said in Cantonese. Greenpeace urged the Labor Department to directly adopt the wet um, the wet bulb global temperature to measure heat stress, and also to set up some monitoring spots. At different construction sites, maybe they should spend more money on that instead. This is something that, because right now around the world is starting to become super, super burning hot, and I can guarantee you, right now I'm living right now is much more worse. Just like the, I'm, I'm the, I'm just the same as you are right now, and of course it's much worse. And I'm hoping that they can adopt this kind of this kind of system or adopt this kind of you know. Technologies to that way they can fight against heat stress or give an indicator out Maybe stop involving so much on national security crimes and maybe get some job get some work done Also, and thank you for tuning in guys if you guys enjoyed the podcast make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast Of course, we're gonna be we'll, most of these reports I'm I'm reading off or at least giving credit to is Hong Kong Free Press And that's it for today and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cow My Radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care. Cat Host My Radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Cat Host My Radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs>